0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Tuesday. Happy and blessed New Year. Merry Christmas. We are still in the midst of a beautiful 12 days of Christmas, so it is still absolutely appropriate to say Merry Christmas, and I hope everyone had a very fun and safe and blessed New Year's celebration. It is indeed 2024, and so that's why tonight on the show we are going to be talking about the most anticipated movies, at least my most anticipated movies of the upcoming year in a series of movies. Several films, in fact, that were supposed to come out in 2023 have, of course, made it on to the list, but I did try to go through as many of the films as I could to see what were getting American release dates, domestic release dates, and the sad thing, of course, is that many of these movies that might be on my list will absolutely have a chance and has I think, even a strong possibility of being pushed back not only further into the year, but also potentially being pushed even over into 2025, which is kind of crazy to think about. Saying that we're in 2024, a lot of things happened last year, a lot more things I think are going to happen this year. And the craziness has only just begun. So, again, thank y'all for sticking with me all of 2023. For anyone who has been here from the beginning, for those that are brand new, thank you as well. And welcome to the latest episode of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 477, where tonight, again, most anticipated films we'll talk about. We'll also talk a little bit about why is the Aquaman box office bad? Why am I saying that the film is a flop? There is someone who was trolling my video, Uh, he used to, I think, be a genuine person who was a subscriber on the channel. I feel like I'd recognized his name before and that he had been uh, cordial before and never had any issues. The last several videos, whenever I've seen his comments, it's been very, not just salty, but just downright rude and trollish. So, he kind of tried to point out, well, you know, how could you say the movie's a flop when it's made X amount of money? And clearly, the person had not watched the video that he was commenting on. That's kind of the nature of trolls, right? To leave comments without actually looking into the information themselves. Trying to actually find out what's going on. Uh, so, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the reasoning as to why. Going further into it, in case it wasn't clear from Sunday's box office breakdown... ...of why the film is a massive flop. We've gotten some new numbers in, especially internationally and it's ultimately going to be the Achilles' heel of the film, is that even though on paper it's going to have made a lot more money by the end of its run than films like The Marvels, for instance, a lot of it's going to be because of how much money it's making, where it's making it, and what impact that's ultimately going to have on the film's bottom line, in addition, of course, to the fact that it cost way too much money. This is the Achilles' heel of all of these movies right, of all these superhero films, of all these massive studio hits, sorry, massive studio films, not hits, and why they are ultimately all flopping, even so much so that the mid-tier movies, right, the mid-tier budgeted films are flopping, right, very few films actually made money let alone anything that costs over $100 million. It's even less films that actually made money last year. And so we'll talk about all of these things before going any further, though. Please make sure you smash that Like button. light up that Fire button and Aussie and smash the Rumble button as well. We are also live streaming over on Twitter today as well. Still don't know exactly how to get the chat to be integrated, but I do have that up. And so I'll go back every now and again to see if anyone is commenting over on Twitter. So, anyway... Low watermark, though, getting things started off strong with 10 gifted memberships. Thank you so very much. That's 10 gifted memberships at the Army of Asgard level, which essentially is a $50 uh, uh, super chat. Low watermark, dude. Thank you so very much. And congratulations to all of the new members. Whitefall, Metal Raven, Emblazen64, Tamani3905, Tomorrow Tomorrowlad, Taco, Mike Hamilton, Nearsighted Cyclops, Roger that, and Gabrielle Hepp. So, Welcome to the channel's memberships. If you want to see what you get with your membership, check out the community tab and you can get access to all of the different episodes of the podcast that I do as a bonus podcast every month. Uh, Unfortunately, the last few months have not been as consistent, but I did have one for December. The amazing Michelle from Force of Light Entertainment was able to join me, and we had a very, very good discussion. We also kind of looked ahead a little bit into what was coming out in 20, uh, you know, what had come out in 2023, kind of a retrospective, as it were. Um, And so tonight, of course, we're looking ahead to what's coming out this year. But before going into that, let's say hello to the people in the chat, starting off first with... The man with the orange hat, orange hat, laying down the law. He is the king mod here on the channel, so make sure you follow his rules, follow his instructions. We have a very family-friendly channel here, especially in the comments section, especially in our, uh, in, in our chat comments. By the way, I always appreciate y'all, just want to say, for putting up with my ever-changing time start uh, ever since, of course, uh, the, the Lady Freya gave birth to the amazing and beautiful uh, Baby Sif. Things have been a little bit more hectic here, around in Asgard, and so because of that, my timing is just a little bit crazier, especially since uh, tonight, Baby Thor was like, it's like it's bad time, it's bad time! I'm like, okay, okay, buddy. Uh, so, again, I do appreciate y'all very much. Also, I'm gonna highlight myself tonight, because it's time, guys. That's the other kind of bonus subject tonight, which is, it's time for the Raven Awards. That's right, the Raven Awards have, have begun. So, right now, we have already had the vote... ...on whether or not the categories would change overwhelmingly... ...in the upwards of 85 plus percent of people that voted... ...said to keep the categories the same. And I heeded the will of the people. So if you don't like that, well, hey. You are one of the very few that has issues with the names of the categories. Uh, and so because of that, we have the same names. And I've made only one exception to that... ...because I got a couple of people recommending one change... To what is ultimately our worst film of the year name, it has traditionally always been the Ryan Johnson, the Kathleen Kennedy, and Ryan Johnson Award in excellence in crap world and that has always been one of my favorites. And so I've decided to add on to that one, add on to the prestige of the worst film of the year award. And so now it is the Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson and Zack Snyder Award for excellence in crap world because if anyone knows how to just screw up world building. In general, it's Zack Snyder. So, that was the one change I really liked. And therefore, that was the one change that actually went through. So, right now, I posted the link to this earlier. And I'll try and see if I have it still saved here. If I can post it again. Nope. It is the title now. I can go ahead and get that up, though, for everybody. So, I'm going to share with y'all the form. So, the way it works is that there is a form you can fill out to nominate. That's where we are currently within our process. You are nominating what films you think are the best and the worst. There are other categories as well. People, uh, awards like NPC of the Year, Shill of the Year, already have gotten some pretty great nominations for that as well. And if you are worried or concerned that you uh, have not seen a whole lot, that's okay. You can still fill out the nomination form. There is the option uh, in the instructions, it tells you if you don't have a, a choice for a specific category, just put N slash uh, A, just for not, not applicable, not available. But I'll go ahead and post a link to that in the chat. So if you're on any of the chats, you should have gotten a link to vote there. I think the one exception would be Twitter, because I don't think that's working right now. Um, but go ahead and fill out that form when you can. The more people that vote in this process means the better nominees we get in the actual ballot... That will be put together at the end of January. We try and keep ourselves as much in line with the Oscars as we can. Because ultimately, the Raven Awards, if you've never had or experienced them before, it's an Oscars boycott. The Oscars have been ridiculous for many, many years. And so, for now, going into our sixth annual Raven Awards, this has been our alternative. Right? It's the alternative for just a group of people on the internet trying to have some fun, trying to say, these were the best films of the year, these were the worst films of the year, these were the underrated, overrated films of the year, and we have a lot of other fun categories and a lot of fun along the way also. So again, thank y'all for those who do vote in that process. I think I've already had 14 people vote, so thank y'all. And again, the more people that vote, the the better the categories, sorry, the better the nominees are, and the less likely I am to have to put Just three nominees in a category, which I have done in the past because of very few nominations. So, again, even if you don't feel like you can nominate every category, please still submit something. So that way, maybe you have the category in mind that might need that extra nomination to put someone over the edge. So, anyway, that is the plug for the Raven Awards. I'll be mentioning that over the course of this next month. And then we'll get our ballots finalized by the end of the month. And then the actual voting will begin. Right now, you're just nominating. Uh, WG, however, I need to shout him out Because he donated $100 That's a super chat WG, always very generous Here on OMB Reviews Always appreciate it, man He says, here's a down payment On your Godzilla Minus One Steelbook All the best and Happy New Year Thank you very much, WG I The last time I checked, I didn't see one Have they confirmed that it's going to get a 4K Steelbook release? Because if it does I'm definitely getting to it And WG, thank you very much for, for helping pay the way for that one <laughs> oh, man. Love you, man. And yeah, Godzilla Minus One is still one of the best films to come out last year. All right. Orange Hat View still laying down the law. We got Kili Chow in the chat 6.50. Uh, also, one important note Orange Chat mentions all the time is I do fall 24 minutes behind. So if you're wondering, why hasn't he read my comment yet? Yeah, it's, it's because I fall behind. Um, but the best way to get my attention is to put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment at Odin. Because it lets me know you're trying to get my attention and it helps out. In the trying to get through all the different chats. So, thank y'all. Let's see. Kili Chow tagged to say, Hail Odin, how are you? Thor, Freya, and Baby Sif doing? Everyone doing just fine. Ambrose Chamberpot in the chat. So, only to people you do like. Hmm, Ambrose Chamberpot. I must have been coming into the middle of a conversation there. Joey Horn, who is a member on the channel, says, Hail Odin, hail chat, hail to you. Good sir, if you're a member on the channel, you don't have to worry about tagging. Uh, however, I do ask that you at least try to because it does help me determine whether or not you're talking to someone else or or not. We got Bruce in the chat with the pink hand. What's going on, Bruce? Welcome back. We got Master of Gaming saying hi. Hi to you. Print screen in the chat. What's going on? Your average Patriot nerd. Hail Odin. Hail chat. Happy New Year. Listening on my drive. Well, average Patriot nerd, please drive safely. And happy New Year to you as well. Lady Tharp of Hastings. What's up, Lady Tharp? Welcome back. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member? Hail and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. We got Shorty Short, the modern major general of the channel. What's going on, Laura? Wayward Noodle is a member. Hail to the chat. Hail to you. Cthulhu, glad to have you host. And Happy New Years. Happy New Years to you as well. Cthulhu, and always happy to be here, especially when the schedule can work out the way that it does. Wayward Noodle, Happy New Years to all. Happy New Years to you as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else do we got in the chat tonight? We got Kimberly G. in the chat saying, Happy New Year to everybody. A lot of Happy New Year's. Noodle uh, says, How do I use Streamlabs or whatever again? That not YouTube payment option. Go to the uh, video description, and it should be one of the top links in that video description. And when you click on it, you just follow those instructions. I, I appreciate Waywardoodle. Uh, we got Tina B., Empress of the Universe. What's going on, Tina B.? By the way, if you notice me like trying to do this uh, every so often, it's because I actually just... Mounted my camera onto the wall today, uh, something I've been wanting to do for forever, because I used to have it just on my computer screen. So anytime the desk would move, like literally the the camera would shake too. But now my desk is shaking, but you can't tell because the camera's now mounted. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the reason why I'm I'm doing that. If you're wondering, but Teen of the Universe says I can't stay, but Happy New Year. Uh, I'm most anticipating the continual death uh, throes of Hollywood and upcoming fandom events. Woohoo! I think you mean Fathom Events. Uh, screw everything else. Happy New Year again. Bye for now. I understand, Tina. I understand, but there's definitely some things I think that we have to look forward to. Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Says here, quick hi. We have Alter Society potluck tonight and school kick off Thursday. Yeah, we go back on Thursday as well. We got uh, meetings tomorrow. Happy New Year to you as well, Laura. We got Steven in the chat getting things started right off the bat with a question at 716 saying, Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. How was your New Year's? How did you spend the countdown, buddy? Um, pretty much sleeping. I, I have not really done the whole stay up and and do celebrate New Year's in, in quite a while, uh, especially when you get a little bit older, you have kids It's and they're younger. It's really not something that you have as much energy for. So I feel like I have definitely skipped out of that the last few years. Um, I still got. I still was up pretty late. Um, and anyone who, again, same same thing. If you're, you're a parent, especially of youngins, you know, sometimes the only free time you get is right at night before you actually go to bed. Uh, and so that's typically when I'm looking at social media and and other things like that. So sometimes I'm actually up to eleven thirty ish or so. So I think I was. I think I got up about to 1130, but I was not staying up on purpose. It was, it was not for that reason. So it, it was just more by happenstance that I got close enough to actually watch the clock change. But yeah, by the time it actually happened, I was asleep happily. So because I was tired. Ethula says, are there anticipated movies besides Dune 2? For me, I think there are, uh, I think that obviously that is one that is on most people's radars. I think, universally we could say most people, especially in our space, probably are looking forward to Dune 2. That does not mean everybody is, but... Stephen, uh, do you plan on releasing your top worst movies of 2023 this month? I do, Stephen, and I think I've mentioned this on previous streams. The reason why I delay mine is because there's films I have not seen specifically for the best of or potentially best of that I would like to see before making my list. I'm that kind of person where I'd rather cover most of my bases so that my list is more definitive because sometimes when you have people and I again I like the people that typically do like Jeremy Johns is very consistent about getting his out right around Christmas time is that um, oftentimes when they eventually do see films that they missed out on, they end up giving it, you know, great scores and potentially, you know, changes their list a little bit. And so for me, I'd rather, if I'm going to do a list, have it be more definitive and so, I, I tend to wait until we're, you know, mostly through, you know, halfway or towards the end of January. Uh, and hopefully, by then, any of the films. Like, for instance, a lot of people have given attention to films like American Fiction, which I have not had a chance to see because it's not playing anywhere. Um, really, it's it's very limited. And it's released, and my, my time is very limited. So, not a very good combination of things. Um, I'm trying to think of other films that have been on my list. People have talked a little bit about uh, Maestro. Have been on some people's top list as well. So that's another film I have interest in. Uh, Past Lives was another one that uh, a lot of people really liked too. So again, those aren't the only ones, but those are the ones that come off the top of my head. So yeah, before I do anything as far as official lists go, I, I kind of have you know a lot of other things to watch. Uh, Laura says, "LOL, I saw that. Watch the video, dude. Yeah, seriously. It's like, bro, if you're gonna come in and troll like that." At least have your information be accurate, and if it's not accurate, it's just going to give me more firepower to to, to blow your argument apart. <laughs> because it's like, yeah, every single one of those things you just mentioned, I, I addressed in my video, had you actually watched it, but you clearly didn't. Uh, first off, little watermark, thank you again for gifting those 10 gifted memberships. Appreciate it. as a member says, I thought we'd be okay for 2024, but then, I read, we'll possibly get two visible comets this year. The giant meteor of 2024 bumper sticker might prove true. Dang. Yeah. I mean, I think there's enough things going on in our world, and especially in our own country if you you live in the States. (laughs) That could indicate things uh, could get a little bit crazy. If it ain't going to be a giant meteor, Civil War is not too far off. Let's see. Steven, how did you like the Rock segment at Raw last night? He did look out of... He, uh, he looked out of breath. Did you think he looked out of breath after the People's Elbow? Oh, he was gassed. Oh, he was absolutely gassed. So he was clearly not in any ring shape. So I think it's weird that he's calling out Roman Reigns. It's like, you're not in ring shape. And and two, I don't want you in that program. I, I love The Rock. I think that he's, he's one of the greatest wrestler, wrestlers of all time. And I really wish he did not go full Hollywood and you know, has has now just been coming back very you know over and over again because he's a good athlete. He's obviously an athlete, but that does not mean that you're in ring shape. And when he did barely anything and was gassed by the end of it, yeah. Um, I don't think him going against Roman Reigns is gonna be a good idea. Especially when I'd much rather Roman finally lose the title to someone like you know Cody Rhodes, who deserves the title. Let's see. Low watermark said, is anyone not green? Low watermark. Trying to get anyone and everyone a membership. Let's see. Laura at 720 says, You know, I didn't remember Ric Flair being that obnoxious. But hey, I was like five. He was probably very entertaining for a child. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And that's so funny because that's the really the only criticism I have of the Iron Claw. Is the representation of Ric Flair. And it's not because it's not accurate as far as like general character. It's just that as an impersonation, it's just not good. His voice isn't right. His mannerisms aren't quite right either. I mean, that obnoxiousness is definitely true to, to what it was. That That's kind of what made uh, Ric Flair who he was, right? That was kind of his shtick. Um, and so I, that was the one issue I had was the actor they got to play Ric Flair because it just it did not come across in the right way. But everything else about it was phenomenal. And it wasn't bad enough to take me out of the movie completely. Um, and that's as coming from someone who is a wrestling fan. It might be for other people, though. Let's see. Kili Xiao tends to say, in my Scott Steiner voice, the numbers don't lie, and it spells disaster for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and the 13% chance that 50% of the time, you will lose. Uh, again, shout out to WG for that massive hundy. Thank you again for that hundy dollar super chat, man, and I uh, appreciate it. Definitely hope to, one, have a release of Godzilla Minus One on 4K Steelbook, and that I can give a hands-on one. For sci-fi, it seems you can probably count on one hand the major releases this year that won't have two or above as a part of the name. Yeah, there are a lot of films this year for sure, uh, again, 2024, that are going to be, if not a sequel, then a, a remake or reboot. And I, I would be remiss if, if I was not honest with y'all that most of the movies on my list, a large portion of the movies on my list, are basically those are gonna be remakes reboots or sequels uh, so <laughs> which I think also gives you an idea of where we are now the great thing about any year is that there's gonna be some really great independent films that get released you know that's one thing shout out to Chris gore and film threat that they do very well is they give a lot of attention to these smaller films that most people either won't hear about or or won't you know, won't, won't talk about, won't, won't get any attention, and I'm glad that they're able to use their platform to do that, and I try to do that when I, when I can, when it's a movie I really like, that's why I, I was very, very much pro people going to see Godzilla Minus One, still am, if you can, it's leaving theaters, but, um, if it's still playing near you and you haven't seen it, Please go see it. It's phenomenal. Uh, the Iron Claw is currently the film I think that is the best movie out right now. And I think it's a film that most people will be able to enjoy. Check out my review of both of those movies on Criticlist if you want more thoughts. And the other reason why I'm even mentioning criticalists is because the one thing it does well is not only does it give you a space to have free speech to share your thoughts about movies, it also, of course, allows for TV and other things too. But with the movie section, especially in your reviews, you can specify what the language is like. Is it political? And if so, which way does it lean? You can also specify language, uh, sexuality, nudity. Um, Is it kid-friendly? And so a lot of those questions that oftentimes come up actually get answered. And so if you ever wanted to know those, those thoughts on more modern movies that I've talked about, that I've seen, there's going to be, if it's a modern film, a review that I've posted there, and it will talk about what the language and stuff like that is like. I try to be as accurate with those as I can, but... Let's see Orange Chat says if anyone if everyone is a member then please put at Odin when addressing Odin directly. Yes. Or Orange Chat always thinking. That's why he's king. Master of the TDS what is going on Master of Gaming says, "Did you see my top 10 most anticipated movies of 2024 on CriticList? Um do you go by Master of Gaming on CriticList? Uh because I I typically am not on there searching other people's list usually. Um, especially when I'm working on my own." <laughs> uh Rob D what's up uh Jeremy Zakowski what's up brother says I heard one of your New year re- I heard one of your new year resolutions of this year was to eat more pineapple on pizza well that was a lie I don't know who told you that but that's a dirty lie and whoever said that is excommunicado just 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 saying it says it's not too late to nominate for John Wick for shill of the year oh for for Odin to be shill of the year for John four Vote now, vote often. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm obviously a fan of that film. I think it is so much better than than what a lot of people in our space especially say about it who are who are much more critical about it. Um Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm fair game. If Jeremy can get nominated last year and win, then you know what? Who's to say I can't get nominated, too? I would much rather be nominated, though. If I'm going to be nominated for Shill of the Year, I'd rather be nominated for Shilling for films like Godzilla Minus One and The Iron Claw. I feel like I've pushed those films a lot more than I ever did John (laughs) McFord. Let's see. Laura says, I can forgive you for not liking Excalibur, Dune, Blue Eye, uh, etc., because our hate of Snyder will keep us always united. (laughs) Yes. Our hatred of all things Zack Snyder. It's really not... Again, even that, because there are definitely things about his filmmaking that I do think are good. I think that there are some good ideas. For me, I think Snyder would work best as a producer, someone who's who's behind the scenes, who's who's trying to, you know, and more specifically a creative producer. So not not, you know, not not someone dealing with the money side of it, because I think he overspends, obviously, on stuff, but more of a creative mind. I think if he's the one that's kind of behind a universe uh, kind of like a series runner, right? If you look at that, a television series, you have the the person who's who's running the show, right? The series head, but then you have individual writers and individual directors. Sometimes the again the the series showrunner will will you know take part in that too, but I think some of the best ones are the ones that are able to kind of keep all of these things together, but also be able to delegate to other more talented people in the directing department, in the writing department, of which Zack Snyder has just never really been very good at. Let's see. Uh, Steven tagged to say, on a serious note, do you think the Epstein list that has the actors, directors will affect box office once released? Again, I do still think it's one, if it's released, I know that there is a lot of evidence to suggest that it will, but I am also just a very logical person. And if enough, if if what is everything that's being indicated about this list is true and that it's going to implicate many rich, powerful people, can't say I'm not gonna have my doubts about, you know, what's gonna happen after the fact. So I don't think it's gonna be a guaranteed thing if that if that were to happen. See, Great Wood, what's going on? Welcome. Thanks for tagging. Master of Gaming, what do you think of my nominations for the Raven Awards? Again, I it's anonymous. I, I don't collect any names or emails. So I honestly don't know what your nominations were. But uh anyway. Forever Sci-Fi. I want to nominate Barbie for crap world building, but it sounds like the world of Ken... It sounds like the world that Ken built was great. Yeah, you know what? There's something to that. But you have to remember, okay, but why is it great? It's because Greta Gerwig was trying to... You know, pretend as if this was this awful, terrible, no good, very bad thing, right? So, you know, we look at that and we think, oh, man, a lot of stuff with Ken actually is funny. But then you were like, oh, but the way that she was writing it was not intended to be like that. Oh, okay. And then you start to say, okay, gotcha. I am J-ma- uh, I'm JMS. What's going on? Welcome back. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen you in the chat. Let's see. Orange views says, My most anticipated are Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, GXK. I like the monster verse despite the flaws. I hate you for it. Uh, Ghostbusters 4, and that is it. That's a very limited list, Orange Chat. I think there's a lot of other things on the year's docket that maybe you haven't considered. Maybe I'll change your mind. Maybe I won't. We'll obviously find out. We'll obviously find out. Uh, By the way, Wayward Noodle, thank you very much for the $5 donations via Streamlabs. YouTube ain't getting none of that. says, Blade is now coming out in 2025. Is there any news about this? Talent quit, writer quit, director quit. I love the first two and would love to see if they could do it justice. Um, don't you mean the first three or do you, are you, are you of the mindset that Blade Trinity does not actually exist? I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that wayward noodle, but thank you very much again for donating via Streamlabs. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly would be amazed if that show ever came out or no, it was a show and then it's a movie. I don't know. By the way, Victor Fontaine, I don't know if this showed up or not, but Victor Fontaine, thank you very much for the $10 Rumble rant, saying Happy New Year, Odin. Thank you very much, Victor Fontaine. Very much appreciate that. Thank you for doing it via uh, via Rumble, because uh, again, YouTube ain't getting none of that. I'm I'm wondering if these chats are not working properly or not. Snowgolem, I I just saw your chat show up over there. I don't know if it's showing up in in here for some reason. I hate when things stop working. Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy, I tell you. Drives me crazy. But, thank you very much, Victor Fontaine. I do appreciate that. But I would be honestly surprised if Blade still came out. I think there's way too many things going against it uh, for it to actually be able to come out. That's just my own personal thoughts on it. Alright, so we're going to get kicked off tonight. Thank you all again. Got through the chats there. And don't worry, I will be going back to the chats in a second. So if I did not read your comments... Uh, the last comment that I had pulled up there was Orange Hats at 7.32, 7.44 right now in real life. But I did want to get started with going into my list. So, of course, because I am who I am, I've created a list of my 15 most anticipated movies. That's right. I came up with a list of 15 films that I, at the very least, have some interest in. That Now, that is something that has to, I think, be a very, very clear caveat at the beginning that there are many movies on my list that I have I have a lot of hope for. I don't expect them necessarily to deliver, but I'm cautiously optimistic. And I, I have that in my notes on this list. But my list, of course, is over on CriticList. So if you want to have the actual list in front of you, if you care about that at all, uh, you can follow me over at criticless.com. Amazing website, amazing community for anyone who's a movie fan especially. There's also, obviously, a community there for TV and for other properties like that. But mostly movies right now. And it's phenomenal. And I talk about it every single week. And so, of course, all of my lists for this year I'm developing over on critic List. So if you want kind of an early, uh, you know, bird's eye view of my thoughts on some of the best and worst of the year, you can check it out over there. No official numbers or official lists yet over there. But you can start to see kind of the early musings of that. The only official list right now I can say is my anticipated list, so let's go ahead and get started, because my most anticipated... Not my most anticipated. That'd be silly to start off with the most. My first anticipated movie of the year at the number 15 spot is Nosferatu. So for those that maybe had forgotten, Nosferatu is a film coming out from, I believe his name is Robert Eggers. He is known for doing movies like uh, The Witch, He's also known for doing The Lighthouse, and I believe he also did The Northman as well. So he's definitely a very unique director. He is someone that I personally am not a big fan of. I I don't like his style. I think he's got a little bit too much going on, a little bit too much going on uh, in his mind, and I think sometimes it, it distracts away. From uh, from the from the overall product, but starting off with Nosferatu, this is indeed a, a remake, right? So we think of the, the classic Nosferatu, a film that I've only ever seen clips of, I've never actually sat through and watched myself. So I'm interested in this. I, I again, there's a, an amazing cast attached to this movie. Um, you of course have the amazing Willem Dafoe attached to the to the project, but he is clearly a director. That is able to get a lot of people. So the reason why this is one of my anticipated movies of 2024 is because it's got a really good cast. And hey, if you're going to be retelling a classic story, I think someone like Robert Eggers could do it justice, um, at least in the eyes of some people. I'm hoping that this is the film that wins me over. So far, I've not yet had that movie. I thought The Northman had some really awesome moments in it, but ultimately it's not a film I ever really feel the need to watch again. So I'm hoping Nosferatu can be that, but as of right now, that is number 15 on my list. All right, we'll go ahead and just keep going through. And some of these you may not agree with, so I, I acknowledge that up front as well. Coming in the number 14 spot right now, and the bottom of my list too, really they could go in any order. Um, I, I was pretty confident in my, my my top five, maybe upwards to ten, top five for sure. But as you got further down, I'm like, yeah, I guess I could put this one here. I guess I could put that one there. The number 14 spot, though, is going to Furiosa. Yeah, this is one that I expect a lot of people in the chat especially to disagree with. But I'm going to be honest. I was a big fan of Mad Max Fury Road. However, I always add this caveat. It's not a Mad Max movie. So for anyone out there who's critical of Fury Road because it's not a Mad Max movie, I think your criticism is completely legitimate. I think there's nothing wrong with your criticism, in fact. So, if your hatred of Fury Road comes from the fact that you went in expecting a Mad Max movie, and you didn't get one, th- that's a factual statement, and if you did not enjoy the film for that reason, hey, absolutely respect that that opinion, absolutely respect that, that worldview. For me, though, as someone who did indeed go in expecting a Mad Max movie, I'm also that person that can enjoy a film that is well-made. And... To me there's just no denying that Fury Road is, is is just an amazing film. What they were able to do especially in regards to those those effects with the stunt coordinator and all of the different stunts that were done throughout were just we're just fantastic, right? And so I really enjoyed that quite a bit. Now the film should have been named Furiosa. So technically this film should be Furiosa 2. Right? Or I guess uh prequel to Furiosa. Because that is ultimately what this film is is going to be. So add to that the fact that you have an amazing actress who is not <laughs> the insane woman who played Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. Charlize Theron is insane, verifiably, and also a serial child abuser as well. You think I'm being uh, exaggerating there? Uh, just look up any story about her more recently and you will see. Oh, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. So, yes. Uh, I'm much more happy to see Anya Taylor-Joy in that role than to see Charlie Theron in that role. Um, I am much more supportive of Anya Taylor-Joy. She's a phenomenal actress, so I can't wait to see what she does with that role. And as you can see, I'm cautiously optimistic. Also, I misspelled that saying cautiously optimistically. I think that is absolutely <laughs> the correct way to approach this movie, though. To be cautiously optimistically, for sure. All right, number 13 spot, Mickey Seventeen. Has some potential. This is, and Tina's going to love this, this is from the same director of Parasite, uh, who also directed The Host. I was a fan of Parasite. I thought it was a great film. Uh, I also, because of that movie, went on to watch his other movies as well. Um, oh, what is, 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 is it? Is it Boon Joon or, or Ban Joon Ho? Or something like that, I think, is, is the director's name. I probably just completely butchered that. But same director of Parasite and The Host, and both, I thought, were just great films. He's also done some other ones like Okja, which was okay. And then Snowpiercer, which was one that there were a lot of parts of it I liked, but there were other parts of it that were kind of just a little bit too much for me. But you add to that the fact that you have Robert Pattinson in the film and a great cast. um, I think it has potential. So Mickey 17, as soon as I saw that list of actors and the fact that this is, of course, that same director, um, I'm definitely interested. So again, basing that off of previous work, if he's able to, to match what he did in the previous movies that have been successful. Mickey 17 could be uh, one of those sleeper films that ends up being one of my favorites of the year. We'll have to wait and see. Number 12 spot goes to A Quiet Place, Day 1. So, unfortunately, this is not being written or directed by John Krasinski, though, of course, it's, it's based off of the same characters that he developed for The Quiet Place. But it does have the same director and writer who did the film Pig with Nicolas Cage. Now, I did not like the film Pig, but it was specifically because of the the cinematography. I hated the camera work and cinematography in Pig. There's all this shaky cam in that movie that drove me nuts, right? It honestly felt like they had gotten some random student in high school who was working on becoming a cinematographer and then cast them to to be their director of photography. That's, That's what the camera work felt like as far as that shaky cam was concerned. Um, That being said, everything else about Pig was actually really, really cool. I really liked the the different dynamics, and I thought that the director especially got a great performance out of Nicolas Cage. So the fact that he is a writer and a director on this film, you do have also a very talented cast to boot, and it is a prequel to A Quiet Place, which is a universe I actually really thoroughly enjoy. And again, you're starting to see a theme here. Okay, another prequel is on my list. But it's a universe and world that I actually enjoy quite a bit. I liked A Quiet Place Part 1. I liked A Quiet Place Part 2. And because this is going to be a different writer and director within this same universe, again, the story still being based off of the work of John Krasinski, hey, I think there's a lot of potential there. Same director as Pig has potential, as I wrote down in my notes. Number 11 spot goes to Joker 2, or Joker *Fully Adieu. I probably mispronounced that terribly. Look, first Joker film was great. First Joker film was fantastic. It's got the same director, same writer as the first one, and I am very cautiously optimistic. Right? Joker 2 should be at the top of this list, right? If 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 we had just found out today that they were making Joker 2 and that it was coming out this year and that's all we knew about it, most people would have it at the top of their list. But people don't have it on their list at all. Or don't have it at the top of their list because it was announced early on it was going to be a musical. And it just does not really make a lot of sense. When you think about the first film and you think about what they're going to try to do with it, it makes me worried. And so I'm, again, cautiously optimistic. Think that there's that potential there. If it's as good as the first one, great. However, it could also be a complete utter trash fire as well. But still... One of my anticipated movies of the year, for sure, because the first Joker was fantastic. Beetlejuice 2, coming at the number 10 spot. Alright, really want this to be good. I really, really do. Alright, you you have Michael Keaton coming back to play Beetlejuice. You also have rumors, I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but there were rumors that General Ortega will be coming back to play the uh, the daughter of Lydia. I thought that that could, of course, be a very cool dynamic. Wynonna writer is coming back to play the role of Lydia So a lot of cool callbacks here. It is a sequel, and I think it's going to be a sequel that probably does not live up to the hype. Probably does not live up to what it should be. It's a film that should have happened many, many years ago. But I do love me some Michael Keaton. Seeing what Michael Keaton did, even though The Flash was a garbage movie, Brian at the Popcast, I love you, brother, but no, The Flash was garbage. Uh, Beetlejuice to Michael Keaton... Keaton brought it in Batman right Keaton brought it as Batman in the flash and he was the only only thing that was worth watching at any moment in that film and so if he gives the same kind of effort into bringing back that that role of Beetlejuice it could be good I want it to be good do I think it is I don't I think it's gonna be a trash fire um but hey Michael Keaton I'm interested. The next movie is the number nine spot, and that is a film that's called If. Now, this is a movie that most people are like, what? I not even heard about this. So this is, instead of doing A Quiet Place day one, John Krasinski is writing and directing a new film called If. However, I am, again, only optimistic about this movie because of John Krasinski. If it's as good as A Quiet Place, parts one and two, especially part one, Okay. I I will be fully on board with it and it, it could end up being a contender for best of, of the year. That's a big if though. The problem that this movie has though and it's something that I had to mention in my notes here and the reason why I'm hesitant to even have it on my list is because two of the actors who are doing the voice work for some of the characters in this movie are Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Destroyer of Indiana Jones, Destroyer of Star Wars. A lot of things Destroyed Star Wars but absolutely Destroyer of Indiana Jones for sure and Aquafina, apparently, as well. So uh if you remember the voice work Aquafina did in The Little Mermaid, you'll know why I am not really wanting to go see a movie that has her doing voice work. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. You can just let your own mind go and try to remember that song. Don't try to remember that song, because it was awful. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge, right? Is it's just trash as garbage. But John Krasinski. You can see probably why, like, I had this internal struggle. I'm like, look, this film could be phenomenal. This film could be fantastic. But, oh, man, having those voice actors in there definitely makes it a little bit uh, more hesitant to, to give it any love support. Number eight spot goes to Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. I really liked what they did with Ghostbusters Afterlife. I thought that they had a very great tribute to the original cast. It's what a sequel should be. Right, where you are obviously building up new characters, but you're not tearing down the old ones to do so. Right, And it had flaws to it. It's not a perfect movie, but I think it it was able to do enough to still be fun, and most people were able to enjoy it. It does have objective flaws, which is why I do understand why some people don't enjoy it, but because of the reasons that I mentioned and because I, again, was one of those persons that did very much enjoy Afterlife, Frozen Empire, I think, has a lot of potential. The early trailers for it definitely look interesting. So as long as they're able to deliver, then I think it could be good. The number seven spot is one I had no idea was in existence. And when I, as soon as I saw it on the list of movies coming out, I thought, oh boy, this thing could be fantastic. It could be terrible, but it could be fantastic. It's called Horizon. An American Saga Chapter 1. So apparently Chapter 1 and 2 are getting released next year. So at different times. But this is going to be a brand new movie from Kevin Costner. Starring, directed by, and I think even written by Kevin Costner. So summer 2024, right? Summer of this year. If you are a fan of Westerns, if you are a fan of Kevin Costner, hey, you probably didn't even know that this was coming out. I'm here to tell you that it is, and I think the poster already makes me like, hey, I might like this if it's if it's good. I hope that it is. And uh, if Chapter 1's good, then maybe I'll be able to watch Chapter 2 when that film comes out also. But yeah, a film I did not expect to be on my list at all, but when I saw Kevin Costner's name, I'm like, let me find out more about this. Wait, he's directing it? What? Anyway, Horizon, number 7 spot there. Number 6 spot goes to Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim. I think a lot of people are looking forward to this, Uh, Lord of the Rings fans. This is an anime uh, inspired by Lord of the Rings. So I don't really know a whole lot about what the story is going to be. I kind of like not knowing a whole lot about it. I think this is coming out towards the end of 2024. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Number five spot goes to the Fall Guy. Really fun trailer. And that's really all that I can say. It's, It's on my list because the trailer is fun. It's got a really great cast. It could be complete trash for all I know. But you know what? If it's as good as the trailer, then I think we'll have a good time. Number four spot, obviously, some of these should start to be a little bit more obvious. Deadpool 3. I I've liked. I like the first Deadpool. Deadpool 2 is definitely not nearly as good as the first one. Uh, in my opinion, at least. I think Deadpool 3, though, because you do have Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, which I never thought was going to happen. Right, Logan was supposed to be the end. So that might sour some people. But the fact that he's coming back in a Deadpool movie, I think, makes up for that a bit. And I can't wait to see the chemistry between Hugh Jackman and um, and Ryan Reynolds on screen. I think that I think that it could be uh, magical and mystical as well. Shout out to John Flickinger for, for that. Uh, but Deadpool 3, definitely think there's a lot of potential there for that movie. All right. Here are my top three most anticipated movies of the year. So, again, some of these should be of no surprise. And there might be one missing on here that people did not know. But I think it's because... If you remember, um, one movie got pushed back to 2025, and so that's why it's not on the list, or at least last I heard, it got pushed back to 2025, and I'll mention that in a second. But anyway, our top three most anticipated movies of 2024 are number three, Cabrini. This is a film about uh, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. She is a Catholic saint, uh, and she is a a patroness of of teachers. Uh, That's kind of what she was known for was for bringing about the education of of the poor in in our country. And this is coming from the same director of Sound of Freedom. So not only is it being distributed by uh, Angel Studios, who distributed Sound of Freedom, um, in this case, they're actually producing it, right? So for those that forget, right, in the case of Sound of Freedom, that had been a movie already made that was then put on ice and then was... Kept on ice by Disney and then sold to Angel Studios. And Angel Studios then distributed it, and of course, it became this summer phenomenon movie um, dealing with the evils and the reality of, of human trafficking, specifically of child trafficking. Cabrini is going to be an interesting film because it's going to be a Catholic film. It's going to be a, a Catholic film um, dealing with a Catholic saint. And the reason why I'm especially excited for this movie is if you look at the uh, poster, notice. Coming International Women's Day, March 8th. And the reason why that's so important is because when we think about Women's Day, International Women's Day, right? This is a day that's been put forward by progressive. This has been a movie, this has been a day that's been put forward by by, by crazy Marxists, right, who are pushing uh, crazy political agendas. So for a movie, by the same director of Sound of Freedom, that's already going to get a lot of people's attention from the same studio of Sound of Freedom. Again, also going to get people's attention. Having that combination, especially. We've seen other releases from Angel Studios that have not done as well. Right, After Death did great for documentary, but then the shift really did not live up, I think, to what the potential of the film really should have been based off of how interesting the, the premise was. Right, I have not seen the film itself, but it looked very interesting, to say the least. This, though, is going to have that one-two punch of the same director and also that same studio as well. The fact that this movie, though, coming out International Women's Day, I think is so important because normally, what is the kind of film that would be pushed on a day like that? It would be some crazy feminist propaganda. It would be Barbie, for instance, right? But this one is about a woman who gives up, right, gives up her life to be devoted, not just to the teachings of Christ, but also gives up all to serve others. And that, I think, is a message that we need now more than ever, not just for women but for all people. And so I think it's very appropriate. And I think that this is kind of one of those like non-non wink wink like, yeah, we did that. Right? We 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 could have put this film out earlier, but we thought, you know what? How about we show what a real strong woman looks like? And based off of the footage apparently that some people have seen of this movie, they're like, yeah, it, it's good. So, one of my most anticipated films absolutely is going to be Cabrini coming out in 2024. All right, the number two spot goes to Ballerina. That's right, Uh, another prequel um, in a way, but it's a part of the John Wick universe, all right? This has all the potential in the world. Anna de Armas, who is a very talented actress. She's also in one of the worst films to come out in 2023, the film Ghosted. Don't watch it, it's terrible. Um, But she's been in a lot of great things. She's the only good part of the last James Bond movie. She really honestly should have been the female lead because she had more energy and more charisma than everyone else on screen in in the few moments that she was actually in the film. So having her be a a female um, hitman, I think, could be really interesting. And this is going to be looking at her story from the perspective of that family, the same family that John Wick is a part of. So Angelica Houston is coming back right, as that matriarch of, of of the family that John Wick is a part of, right, she's the one in John Wick chapter 3, is it 3 or is it 2, where she's like, you know, I throw your ticket, right, Angelica Houston, phenomenal actress, so you have him, her coming back, I think Ian McShane is listed as coming back, you have Sharon coming back as well, um, or at least I think he was initially coming back, I, I don't know exactly, um, how they're going to handle that, still again, rest in peace uh, to him, um, but uh, it'd be really cool if they had some some kind of you know homage to him in that. I think that could be really cool. Um, but I know that uh, there, you know, Ian McShane's there. I think also even Keanu Reeves is expected to make an appearance in some capacity as well. So hey, I love John Wick. I love John Wick universe. Ballerina to me, if it's able to live up to that same expectation, it does have a different writer and director, and that is, I think, the only thing right now right has all the potential if it's done right. And the creators, right, having the writer and director be on that same page, again, it depends. I saw The Continental, right? The Continental was this miniseries that came out that was rooted in the John Wick universe. So different people versus the, you know, Chad Stileski who did the John Wick films. And it was great. So clearly other people can take the characters and take the world from John Wick and do a lot with it. So I think Ballerina has a lot of potential here to be a great film. It's also a film I would not be surprised that if it got pushed back to 2025. Maybe even the course of me talking about these movies, some of these films have already been pushed back. All right, but Ballerina, my number two film of the year as far as being most anticipated. And my final film, my most anticipated movie of 2024 should therefore now become as no surprise to anyone, and that is Dune Part 2. All right, I like Dune Part 1. It felt incomplete. They ended it in a weird spot. But the trailers that we've seen for Doom Part 2, it's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Everything about this film, though, looks phenomenal. And all of y'all know, I am a huge fan of Denis Villeneuve. I think he's a phenomenal director. There's not yet a movie he's made that I have not liked. There's movies that I've not liked as much, but there's not any movie he's made that I have said, I hate this movie. He's a very talented and creative and and just brilliant mind behind the camera. He's able to to bring about these these beautiful worlds. He doesn't over direct, meaning he does not make a thousand movies every, you know, two years. He is very selective with his projects. And I, I appreciate it. he's one of the few working directors today that I really respect a lot. And I can't wait to see what he's able to do with this movie. And if it's anything like the first one and is able to not just build upon but but expand it as well. All right, count me in. Count me in. So, can't wait for this one. I think this one is earlier in the year. I don't think this one... Is it summer? Or is it earlier than that? I thought it was earlier. I thought it was like March or something, but I could be wrong. But anyway, those are my top movies of 2024 as far as my most anticipated list. What are some of y'all's? I'm sure many of y'all have been giving y'all's comments as I went through that. Let's go ahead and dive into said comments and uh, move things along. So, Lady Tharp of Hastings at 7.32 said, I'm looking forward to Dune. Hey, I'm right there with you. Kevin Wang said, which studios made the most in 2023? Uh, Not really going into that right now. So as far as actual net profits are concerned, I can tell you right now the biggest loser is Disney. I believe the biggest winner is going to be something like, you know, let me just say that the two best performing studios, as far as the big studios are concerned, are, are Universal and Sony. And the worst performing studios are Disney by far, and then Warner Brothers, however, there's also some other studios that did it very, very poorly. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. There's the comment from Odyssey. Glad to see that is working. Hail Odin from Snowgom. Awesome. Raxus, what's going on, brother? Forever Sci-Fi. If you want to troll Odin tonight, then put the Taylor Swift movie in as best low-budget movie of the year. How dare you? Forever Sci-Fi. You know what? If you, if you you If you push more people to nominate things, though, I would appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Hardwick in the chat. What's going on? I finally got to see Godzilla minus 1. It's great, the best since 1954. However, I despise the neck thing at the end. It would be perfect if that and the ocean shot afterward were cut. I very much disagree. I very much disagree because the neck thing adds that level of drama and it's something that a lot of people missed. A lot of people did not did not catch it. But I think no, it it, it I think is able to add to the tragedy that this story is, right? It is a tragedy, right? And so I think that was a very important moment because it just adds to that. And also, I think, because I don't think they have any plans of making any direct sequel to this movie, it leaves it in that open-ended world where it's like, oh gosh, that means that this is happening or this is going to happen or this likely will happen. But but what's the timeline on that? I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would disagree, Harwick. I think that was a beautiful moment. And just added to that level of tragedy that the film ultimately is. And I'm, I'm blanking on the ocean shot right now. Uh, so I don't know exactly which one. Let's see. Icthulu says, Godzilla was brilliant, nearly perfect. Shilling is deserved, so we get uh, mo- uh, get more of that. Ah, I see. Steven says, now that Steamboat uh, Willie is in a public domain, will you see the horror film Mickey Mousetrap? No, I will not. I did not see the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It's just not my... It's not my it's not my forte. That that's just not the kind of movie I like. But I will say I appreciate the fact that they're making it. The fact that the trailer got dropped today, or the news for it got dropped either yesterday or today, is it's just great. It's just great. Let's see. Wayward Noodle says, no, just the first two, three was fine. I just hate when the feel the feel the need to give the main character a supporting cast. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's referencing the super chat from earlier. Yeah. And now now that I go back to it, yeah, I love the first two. I see what you mean by that. Yeah. So yeah, I I thought that the I like the first one a lot. The second one, I will be honest, I am not a fan of. Blade two, not as big of a fan of. I, I don't like the way it was made. The the uh the way in which the film is shot is too much like a fever dream. And I don't think it works well. It was very distracting. And I actually prefer Blade Trinity. It's not a good movie, but I prefer the filmmaking of Blade Trinity versus that of uh, Blade 2. Victor Fontaine on Rumble says, yeah, I'm done giving my money to Google YouTube. No more Super Chats. All Rumble rants from now on. Hey, thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. ForeverSciFi says, I'm debating between J.K. Simmons and Sean Bean for lifetime achievement. J.K. is great, but Sean has made a living from getting out of work early. That is to be admired. <laughs> hey, whichever one you decide to go with, both would be fantastic nominees for that category. See, Master of Gaming says, My most anticipated films are The First Omen, Beekeeper, Argyle, Kung Fu Panda 4, Cabrini, Imaginary, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire, Borderlands, Sonic 3, Hellboy, The Crooked Man. Um, I mean, first omens not my thing, so I don't really care for that. Beekeeper looks like it could be fun, but it, it's got too many. <sighs> I I have seen more bad Jason Statham films than good ones, so that that's why I'm like, yeah, it could have made it onto like that top. Maybe if I made it a top twenty anticipated, but there there were too many ifs with that one. Um, Argyle is the same. I, again, really do enjoy um, the fact that you have Henry Cavill in the film, but I remember I was actually looking into, oh yeah. So this was something too. I don't think anyone's uh, talking about this. All right. So a lot of people are excited for Argyle. Right. And let me, let me go ahead and pull this up on the screen actually. Right. Cause this is what a, a lot of people, right. Have this on, on their list of, of films that they're excited for. But I will tell you right now, the reason why anyone who has any interest in this film should be very concerned is, look who the writer of this movie is. right? Matthew Vaughn, okay, director of some great films. The writer is, what, Jason Fuchs is, I guess how you pronounce his last name. But you know what he's written? Ice Age, Continental Drift, Pan from 2015, Wonder Woman 2017. So, uh, not 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 a very strong writer. Not not a very strong writer. A lot of things to I think uh, be be concerned about, right? So again, he did ISH Continental Drifts, he did Pan, Wonder Woman, I Still See You, and now Argyle. So let's just say I've got some concerns about about that. Got some concerns about that. Harvey says, Patrick H. Williams made a, a Willems made a fascinating video that provides a lot of insight into Dwayne Johnson's career and why he has made the choices that he has. I had no idea about a lot of it. Um, well, the thing with any of those lists is that you can only really gauge so much and guess so much because, let's just be honest, a lot of it is probably motivated by money, even if they say otherwise. You know, like the kinds of decisions that are being made the way that they're being made. I don't see how it can really be much of anything else, to be perfectly honest. Let's see. Ambrose Chamberfine says, Any Snyderverse on the list? Heck no. Why in the world would that ever be the case? Ambrose, I assume there's dialogue in the version of Nosferatu. Yes. I don't think they're going to do a... uh, I don't think and I doubt that they're going to be doing that. Uh, Anything like that. Orange says, Nosferatu added to my anticipated movies. As I said, there's actually a lot more movies coming out. All right, I typically go to the 2024, whatever the year is, in-film list on a places like Wikipedia and go to the American releases. And then I typically look at it, uh, two things, uh, three things, obviously. You look at the title, mostly, but then I look at who the director is and then who's acting in it. Because sometimes there's names on there where I'm like, oh. Because when I was going down that list, that's when I found the, the film that is being uh, is, is being made by, oh my goodness. Now I'm blanking out. By the way, uh, Grimmy Greg was hanging out over on Twitter earlier. Willing to give Kevin Costner a chance in a Western film. We haven't had a great deal of those in a long while. Hey, well, you know what? That was the name I was looking for. So Kevin Costner. I, I saw him listed as director. And I'm like, wait, Kevin Costner is directing a movie? And that's when I look further into it. I'm like, oh, this could actually be good. Shorty Short says, everyone should watch Shadow of the Vampire, a kind of mockumentary of the making of the classic Nosferatu. I think, I think I've think i heard you mention that before. Did you mention that? Or did someone else mention it on one of the chosen streams? Viking Beach Bum, Mission Impossible 6 was my movie of the year. Yeah, same here. Uh, oh, are you talking about for your favorite movie of the year? Wait a minute. Is that the number that we're on right now? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? Or that you were excited for? wait a minute, no, it would have been Mission Impossible 7, because Mission Impossible 8 was supposed to come out this year, and then it did, I can see why they get a little confusing after a while, but yes, um, I will say Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is one of my favorite films of the year, it's definitely going to be my list somewhere, not as high as I think some people might think it to be, and I, one of my most anticipated this year was going to be Mission Impossible, but it got delayed, Let's see, Laura Titus Stars, John Malkovich, and Willem Dafoe. Are oh, you talking about uh, Nosferatu, I think. Yeah. Forever Sci-Fi, who is a member, says, Furiosa, a Max May saga. Yeah, again, I totally get why people would not be interested in, in that, for sure. Let's see, Snow Gollum over on Odyssey says, Wait, you've been you've never seen the original version? Tiss, tiss. I've got it in my black and white movie monster tattoo sock on my left leg. Looking to finish the upper half of the leg sleeve someday. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a film I know I, I need to see at some point. Harwick says, I'm still disappointed that Robert Eggers didn't cast Willem Dafoe as Count Orlok in Nosferatu. It would essentially have been him reprising his uh, Shadow of the Vampire role. Yeah, but maybe that's the reason why. You know, because sometimes, you know, directors will have certain people in mind for certain parts, but there's other times where actors have a say. Like, one of my favorite stories and regards to one of my favorite actors of all time, Heath Ledger. I know some people think that's a weird choice for favorite actor of all time, but let's just say I've seen pretty much everything he's been in, and it's some of the best acting that I've really ever seen. Like right? just the amount of work he puts into it, to his roles. There's a there's a phenomenal movie. It's a hard watch. I would never recommend it because it's a very difficult watch called Candy, and he plays essentially someone who is a drug addict, and it's about him and a woman who are in love, but they're in love with drugs too. And it it just deals with the, all the different problems that can arise from that kind of, and there's one scene I will just say has, uh, let's just say there's a baby and it is probably one of the toughest scenes I've ever had to watch. And a lot of it was because of what Heath Ledger brought to the performance of that moment. But I, I mentioned that to say he, when he took on the role in the Brothers Grimm, I think was initially being considered for the the role of like the heartthrob brother. And he specifically said, no, I don't want that. I want to be the nerdy sidekick brother instead. And so, sure enough, he was able to have some... And he, he did a great job with it. Film is, I think, hit and miss here and there. But his performance in that film was great. And he showed his range, I think, by being like, I don't want to be typecasted, I want to act against type, because that's actually going to be a challenge, and he did a great job. Uh, Bruce, who's a member, says, I like the movies Anya Taylor-Joy has been in, um, and and love her. Yeah, I know, she's been great in pretty much everything that she's done. Orange Chat says, oh, uh, Sonic 3 is also on my list. Oh, yeah, I mean, you all know, I thought the first Sonic was fine. I, I supported that one because of the fact that, you know, Jeffrey Fowler, the director, listened to the fans, listened to the audience who had a lot of concerns because of the way in which it was, uh, in which the character was designed. And it was a horror show in that first trailer. We all remember that, right? And so he deserved the support. The second movie to me was just not good. And I know there's a lot of people in the chat who like it. I did not. So I, I do not really care at all for Sonic 3 personally. Peter Fontaine, who is a member, says, Yeah, did not like Fury Road. I was expecting to see Tom Hardy as Mad Max front and center in a movie and was horribly let down. And again, mad respect to anyone out there who feels the same way. All right. Hardwick says, Leaf Schreiber and Naomi Watts are even worse than Charlize Theron, especially Schreiber. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. I mean, they're all bad, though. I assume that they're bad for the same reasons. I have not heard about them nearly as much, I've not seen them get as much attention as Charlize Theron has. But uh, if it's the same thing, then, yeah, I think any any parent who does that to their child, I'm sorry, it's despicable. It's abuse. Amrish Tamerot says, I was on the set of Ark of Asylum in New Jersey for a visit. Oh, interesting. Let's see. Laura had to say, the only thing I liked about Flash was Supergirl. I think that she was strong, too. Yeah, I would agree. The only thing I loved was was Michael Keaton. But I would say that the casting of Supergirl actually worked a lot better than I thought. The, the actress that played her was actually quite talented. Amber Sharapot, Aquafina just popped up on Extra on TV when you said her name. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's reminding me of that moment when uh, Mr. Peabody, shout out to him, I don't know where he's been, he's not really been in the chats as, as, as often the last uh, like couple of years, I feel. But I, I remember there were times when we would do like a movie watch party, and the film the next week would be playing in Australia somewhere. <laughs> like, it was like, oh, interesting. For her, I feel like it would be more of a, oh, she's heard her name mentioned, and so therefore she must pop up. Victor Fontaine at 759 says, what worries me about Frozen Empire is How fast it was thrown together. Hope it's good. That's a, I think that's a fair, that's a fair concern. Now, it could be that they had already planned on it, and just were able to, you know, kind of green light it very quickly. Um, so like they wrote it with the intention of continuing the story on, but they obviously needed to find out whether it would be financially viable after the atrocity that was Ghostbusters 2016. But it would make sense that that would be the case because usually these things take longer because they have to not only write the story, but then cast it and, and do all the other things you need to do in pre-production. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, but again, valid, valid concern, I think. Icthulu. Uh, who's a member, says, I even enjoyed Postman for the uniqueness, so I'll be seeing that no matter how boring. Bruce says, yep, Horizon Chapter 1. Hope it's good. I hope it's good, too. Bruce then says, I love the TV series of Fall Guy. I didn't know that it was one. So that's interesting. Okay, awesome. So the the chats are showing up on X, everybody. Cool. So if you want to watch on X, there's a way to chat over there, and it's showing up. Hey, there's the chat from uh, from Grimmy Greg. Will it give Kevin Costner a chance in a Western film? I agree. I definitely agree. Let's see. The Fall Guy says Great Wuda. Yep. Amber Sharon Pot. Every Fox actor is coming back in Deadpool 3. Hey, you know what? If, if there's any movie that could give any type of positive reaction to anything MCU related, it's going to be Deadpool 3. I don't think that it can. I don't think anything can revive the MCU right now, but I think a lot of people are probably looking forward to it. Ryan Reynolds can oftentimes just not do a whole lot of wrong when it comes to his movies. Harwick says, have you seen the original TV show of The Fall Guy? No, I have not. Starring Lee Majors. Do you like Lee Majors? Um, Glad to hear it's a fun show, though. Groot says, Mission Impossible Jet Reckoning Part 2. Again, I'm pretty sure that got delayed until 2025, which is why that would not be on my list. GreatWooda says, Ballerina, I want to see that too. It has potential. It has potential. Bruce, who is a member, says, I enjoyed Barbie. That's because you're disgusting, Bruce. It's because you're a radical third-wave feminist. You didn't even know it. You didn't even know it, man. (laughs) Montaigne, Hmm, Ballerina makes me think of Atomic Blonde. Ugh. Yeah, but it's also, it's not Charlize Theron, which is, I think, a, a, a big difference there. And it's within the John Wick universe. So, I think there's a lot more stuff they can do. That's the one thing that I really liked about the Continental series was that it was able to develop the lore. And that's something that I don't think Atomic Blonde really had as well. A lot of people liked it because it's like a generic action film type thing and they like the action sequences in it. Um but the reason why I like John Wick is it's got those action sequences, but there's also that rich lore that I that I like to find out more about too. All right, Great Wuda, tag to say I enjoyed the Continental series as well. Yeah, it's great. He then says, "You forgot Beekeeper." No, I did not. I, I I definitely did not. I I can understand why there's a lot of fans of of Jason Statham, and I think there's a lot of great roles that he's had. But I am just not really interested in, in that movie. I think, again, it has a very small amount of potential. I think the for me, because when you roll the dice with Jason Statham, only one side is a victory. But it's like a six-sided dice. So there's five chances that you're going to get a, a crappy movie. And one chance that it will be okay. And, and The numbers could even be higher than that. As far as chances of it being bad versus being good. <laughs> If that makes any sense, oh man, Lady Tharp confirms Dune is in March. That's what I thought, so don't have to wait nearly as long for that one. Ambrose says I tried all the Dunes and just don't care. Yeah, I mean I don't like the original. I am not a fan of of, of that director. Y'all know that at this point, point. and I thought Dune Part One was 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 good, but obviously have have some. Questions and have some concerns, as always. Soul says, that to say, now hear me out. Steamboat Willie versus Godzilla. <laughs> okay, I'd watch that. I would watch that. I'd hear you out on that one. Bruce, Blood and Honey was so bad, it's good movie. Interesting. Cthulhu, shouldn't A24 be the biggest winner in 2023? They got the respect they deserve now. You would think that, but then you have to remember that their, you know, their box office compared to budget for several movies was very good. But they did not get all of... The, not all of their movies were were hits. And with A24 especially... Here's the issue with A24. And the reason why I did not do a list on them. So that's actually a good segue to the last uh, comment. Uh, that we'll make before ending... You know, going back into the chat, of course. Is talking about the the box office for the uh, Aquaman and why why it's a massive flop is that A24 does not report their budgets for a lot of their films. So they've got, I don't think people realize, they had like, what, 20 movies? They had a lot of movies come out this past year. And because they are a producer on on some of them, they distribute others, um, which, which of course just means they don't pay those upfront costs of, of production on many of the films that they might option or pick up, is that it makes it very hard to tell exactly how much money they made. So that's why I did not do any charting for a 24 because it was a hodgepodge of just so many movies that they made. So many movies that just did not have any budgets for them. And there were a couple that made money, a couple of them that didn't make money. And, uh, yeah, so I don't think, yeah. So even if we took those things into account, I wouldn't say that they're the biggest winner by any means. Uh, Laura says, how much money do I have to pay YouTube to not have ads pop up during my live stream? Uh, (laughs) Do you have YouTube premium? I think that's, (laughs) unfortunately, I think that's like the only way now for that to be the case. Let's see. uh, Demonic Rebellion tag to say, yeah, Blade Trinity was poorly written, but well shot. Blade 2 was well written, but uh, well written and better written rather, but poorly shot. Yeah, I think that's probably a best thing. Harvey says, the fact that the next thing adds to the tragedy is exactly why I didn't like it. The characters went through so much already that was uh, any more is overkill. You would think that, but it's so subtle. That's the reason why I think, it, again, it's not meant to be a helpful movie. It's meant to be a tragedy. So it's appropriate to it. It's appropriate to the genre of movie that it is. And it actually kind of adds to the fact that it's not a, you know, it's not the kind of ending that you would expect, right? The way that they're presenting it, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be that happy-go-lucky ending and it's like actually it's not it's, 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 it's real life dude like that's the other thing it's Godzilla but it's such a grounded movie within the universe that it establishes and I think that's such an important thing to have in in film is that no everything's not just going to magically work out right there, there's pain and suffering in this life and I think it's important to sometimes have that as a reminder Uh, Jeremy Zukowski, no, I I did not forget that one. Screw the MonsterVerse. Those movies suck. And if you're excited for that movie, okay, great for you. Not this guy. Godzilla minus one, that's a Godzilla movie. MonsterVerse stuff, garbage. Uh, Laura says, Argyle looks stupid. Yeah, you know. I I just don't have a lot of interest in it. Heartbreak Rage, fingers crossed on Dune 2, Deadpool 3, Ballerina. Also looking forward to Argyle and Lord of the Rings, War of the Rehirim. Agree with all those except for Argyle. Hardwick, I've said uh, ever since the first trailer for Argyle, it looks like it could be uh, pulling a bait-and-switch in several different ways. Based off of the person writing it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. Wayward Noodle, when Hollywood says it's not about the money, it's 100% about the money. Absolutely agree, Wayward Noodle. Absolutely agree. For sure. All right, let's head now into talking about the box office before we uh, finish up with the chat tonight. Um, during the last uh, 10 minutes or so that we got. So, as I mentioned earlier in the stream, someone decided to come in and troll. Someone who I think used to be a member of the community, but now is just trolling for some reason. Saying, well, how can you say Aquaman is a flop? Right? It's only been out for a couple weeks. It made $270 million in the first 10 plus days of its release. Isn't that good? Well, again, if the movie's budget was only $100 million or less, maybe. But that's not the case with this movie. So let's let's talk about it. So for anyone who may have missed it, I think I've talked about this a little bit on the box office breakdown, but it is important for us to kind of just recognize the numbers and why they matter, right? So here's the thing. Aquaman Lost Kingdom, right? It costs over $200 million production budget. Based off of typical standards, most movies, you have to add another Roughly uh, 1.5 times, right? The, the end number you typically get for total spend, meaning production budget and marketing, is the budget times 1.5. Because on a $200 million movie, usually the spend is $100 million on, on the actual marketing. We've obviously seen the case with many Disney movies and Warner Brothers that they spend well over that amount on marketing. Especially because many of them have been in desperation of trying to get as many people to see their films, and it just hasn't paid off for them at all. But still, you're talking about a rough, you know, total spend on that movie of, you know, of Aquaman of over three hundred million dollars when you add in just production budget and marketing. So probably somewhere between three and four hundred million dollars would be a, a good estimate of how much the studio spent on that movie. So that's the first factor they have to deal with the, with this movie. So even with just that, 300 to 400 million dollars production budget, making 270 seems like okay. That that sounds okay compared to that lower number of 300 million dollars. But then you got to remember something else. The studio does not get 100% of their receipts. They split it with the various theaters that get it, and that is again talking domestically. Internationally, they do the same, but internationally, they also have to deal with sometimes foreign governments, which is why their return on investment, their ROI, is a lot lower internationally and especially in places like Communist China. And so when you take those things into account, the total box office is right now indeed around $270 million worldwide for Aquaman 2. But how does that actually break down realistically? Of that 270, only $81 million is coming from the domestic market. Usually studios are going to be taking somewhere between 55 65% of that number, right? 50 to 60% is sometimes the number that people give. Different people will give you different numbers there. But in general, 55% roughly is the cut that the studios get from that number. So $81 million, they don't get 100% of that. They get about 55% from the domestic market, right? Then you look into the fact that of that 270, 140 million of that is coming from other international markets that are not China. And because of that, that means, okay, roughly the estimate is around 40% studios get from those movies. Obviously cost quite a bit of money to get movies out there. Sometimes they have to make deals with the different governments just to get them in to those countries. So their return on investment is a lot lower, Right. So 140 million means that the huge a huge portion of its total box office is coming from a market in several markets in fact where it gets a lot less back in comparison to the domestic. And then the final factor is that of that 270, around 45 to 50 million is coming from communist China of which they only get 25% of that box office. So if by the end of its run, let's say Aquaman somehow gets 100, $150 million from China. If it's only $100 million from China, guess what? It only gets $25 million of that. $75 million goes to the Chinese Communist Party. Because that's just the way things work in China. That's why a lot of these films on this list, especially a film like The Meg 2, for instance, because it was so heavily loaded in its total box office from China, it really did not get a whole lot back. But going back to Aquaman, because that's what we're focusing on here today, that means of that 270, again, 81 million from the domestic, 140 million from the international, and then 45 million from China. That means right now you're looking at $194 million in financial losses. Now, what are we seeing from Aquaman? It's not doing well domestically. All right. Yeah, it's probably going to get to $100 million, but that's about it. We're talking tops 100 to 150 domestically it's a very very low number and that means that most of its money that it's going to make is going to be from those international markets and a huge portion of that is going to be coming from china and therefore because the amount of money you spend 300 to 400 million dollars and then you're only getting a certain percentage back depending on what market you're in leaves a lot of money still yet to be paid off So why do I say that Aquaman 2 is a flop? Because that $194 million number is something that at the rate of money they're making, domestic versus international, there is no way mathematically they are able to make up. Because if they're making $100 million extra internationally, but only $20 million extra dollars domestically, the way in which that is going to cut into what it has to make back is going to be very small compared to if the numbers were reversed, right? If it's making an extra $100 million domestically, and then an extra $20 million internationally, guess what? That's actually going to be quite, it's going to be a lot better for it than if it was the other way around. All comes back to how much money you get back in return. So, anyway. Just wanted to explain that, and hopefully it made sense as to why that is such a big deal. Uh, Yeah, Ge- uh, geese Gamers, yeah, they have, of course, have the Tuesday night main event stream. Let's see. Lady Tharp of Hastings says, I am not looking forward to War of of Rohirrim. I heard that they are putting in a female character where there should not be one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think that when it comes to any of these films, there's going to be something that could keep it from falling off the list or for being a disappointment. Um, But again, from everything that I've seen for it, it looks like it has potential. Obviously, I'm definitely going to be open to looking further into that, though. Harwick says the Patrick H. Willems video focused on how Dwayne Johnson suffered several blows to his ego that have informed his choices ever since. Yeah, I mean, probably because of the fact that his early career was was skyrocketing and it really shouldn't have. Um, and so you look at some of the early choices he made in the movies that he was in. But here's the thing like I look and I look at what he's done, and I'm sorry, dude, like he's he is motivated by money. Grimmy Greg on X says, Candy is a harsh movie to watch, but a gripping story indeed. Heath Ledger was definitely our generation's great star. Pity we lost him so abruptly. I agree. Additionally, wanting to, wanting to act against type was Brian Cranston's drive to do Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Master Gaming. Which movie would you rather watch on December 20th, 2024, if you had to choose Mufasa, The Lion King, or Sonic 3? Oh, Sonic 3, easily. Absolutely. I, I don't want to see anything from Disney. Laura says if we say Aquafina two more times, oops, one more time, she appears singing the squawk song (laughs) on loop forever. Wonk, we don't wonk, (laughs) wonk. Abomination on Odyssey. The real question is does the X chat show up when you at somebody? I don't know. Not enough people have been I've only that's the first time someone's ever commented on X before. So let's see. Print screen, who do you prefer? Ryan Reynolds or Tom Cruise? Very different actors, so not a fair question. If you if you ask the question, would I rather watch right now a Ryan Reynolds movie or a Tom Cruise movie, I'd probably feel more in the mood for a Ryan Reynolds movie. Laura says, The Fall Guy has one of the greatest theme songs sung by the actor. Nice. Victor Fontaine, totally agree that John Wick lore is what raises it above the standard action film. Agreed. Heartbreak Rage. Beekeeper strikes me as the kind of movie I would have gone to see during the desperate days of 2021 when I saw a lot of Liam Neeson movies. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. All right. We are wrapping things up here tonight, everybody. Carl Jacobs, what's going on? Abomination on Odyssey says, Aquaman just needed to push more climate change messaging. That would have saved it. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it amazing that the country that it's doing the best in at this point is also the the biggest polluter, or one of the biggest polluters in the world. (laughs) Uh, i marked safe from watching Waterman's (laughs) 2. Oh, man. Let's see. All right, let's see. Vitifarte says, Nice. O's box office tracking spreadsheet has evolved to factor in lower cuts from the international box office revenue. Uh, Not complete charts. No, no, no. These are the individual charts for the studios. That's why, as of right now, uh, Warner Brothers is around 450 million dollars in financial losses for last year, with 331 million of that coming from uh, the Flash, and that's also in, that's assuming a 100% take on the profits of Barbie, of which we know they don't get. They get about a 50 50 split with Mattel on those profits, I believe. Uh, Tina says, "I got caught up uh, see, watching Queen singing Bohemian Rhapsody. You can start now. Uh, we're actually wrapping things up now, Tina. But thank you for being here." Uh, Ryan Reynolds, all the way again. I, I definitely understand that. Abomination says, "Well, a Tom Cruise movie could be Tropic Thunder, which is a hard choice to make." Yeah, that 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 is true. Keep the channel, Laura. If you say Henry Cavill three times, Anna will show. <laughs> uh, let's see, Gary Banger said with Worthington, "What's up, brother? I've been waiting for you, man." says, Ravens are a go. Yes, they are. So if you have not voted yet in this year's uh, Raven Awards nomination. So these are you putting forth your nominations for the best and worst of the year 2023. I just posted the link once again uh, to the various chats. So hopefully they have popped up for everybody. Um, and if if not, you can find it posted on the different social platforms. So anyway, tonight I talked about my most anticipated films of 2024. Um, Just to recap the top three, Dune Part 2 is my most anticipated. Uh, Ballerina, which is a John Wick spinoff, is my number two. And my number three is Cabrini, same director of Sound of Freedom, same studio of Angel Studios, and coming out on International Women's Day. And I think it's just, again, so phenomenal that they're putting out a film about a woman religious on International Women's Day. Instead of you talking about, you know, crazy feminist propaganda, instead, what is it? It is talking about a woman who is literally giving up everything for God, giving up everything to help the poor because that is what real strength is, not whatever Barbie has to say about it. So anyway, with all that being said, thank you all very much for watching tonight. This has been a fun show. Um, My voice is definitely getting tired, though, so I definitely need some ice cream at this point. By the way, Laura, thank you for being a member for six months at the Army of Asgard level and for redeeming that membership chat earlier about the Fall Guy having the great theme song. So definitely will have to check that out. But anyway, you guys are awesome. Tina says, Odin and Culture Casino are the inky ones cited for Ballerina. What? I don't even know what you're trying to say there. I don't even know what the intention of that comment was. But seriously, it's been an amazing, it was amazing, rather, it was an amazing 2023 here on OMB Reviews. I cannot wait to see what happens in 2024. The Ravens are a go, so please make sure to participate in that. Be on the lookout for... um, I'll have probably a cutout of the show tonight uh, on on the channel tomorrow of just my most anticipated films, because I know some people were looking forward to that and don't want to sit through an entire live stream for that, so I understand. Um, But also, uh, as the month goes on, I'll try and get my worst films of the year list. That probably will come out sooner rather than later, because... I don't try to go out of my way to see films that may be worse than other films that I've seen. I don't like seeing bad movies if I can avoid them. Um, but uh, but yeah, I um, definitely have that on my radar. Also, of course, my most uh, my my best films of 2023 list should also be out towards the end of the month once I have more time to watch the various films that I've still not has still not yet seen. So. With all that being said, please make sure you smash that like button, light out that fire button, and obviously smash the button as well. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your night. Shoutouts for January will be out, uh, hopefully, in the next couple of days. I love you guys. Have a good one. And as always, God bless.